Okay, here we are. So for today's expose, I am doing Banshee. <laughs> um, and he was created by Roy Thomas and Werner Roth. First appeared in the X-Men number 28 in January 1967. And his name is Sean Cassidy with powers of enhanced hearing, sonic scream, flight, and, and immune to the powers of Black Tom Cassidy. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> He's blonde. What's kind of fun is uh, Roy Thomas first created him as like kind of a one-off like character to show up and he was put under mind control and he became a villain of the X-Men and then when the X-Men like got the new characters later, Roy Thomas threw him in there for funsies. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love when he got recruited in giant size. He was like watching a movie and Xavier like slid up to him. He's just like, hey, hey, want to join a team? And he's like, what? <laughs> you make it sound so naughty. <laughs> well, it's just random. Why is he like sliding up to him in a private like movie theater thing and like having the conversation there be like, I know you're trying to watch something, but I'm trying to do something with these people and you should really join me. And Banshee's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Banshee basically was just like, I'm in. Okay. No, Banshee was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even need to stay for the end. Let's go. Let's just leave it. <laughs> I go. I wanna go. Gene. Scott. Gene. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. <laughs> and we are so excited to have our next guest on. We have Chris and Chandler from the X Reads podcast. X Reads. <laughs> Hello. Hi there, everybody. So glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah, I'm excited. Excellent to see you. Yes. <laughs> and you chose what an episode. You chose Cry of the Banshee. So this is going to be fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. All right. So next on our previously on, we asked the question, why did Professor X snub Banshee? So we all kind of said it was because, you know, Moira's the ex and Banshee's the new guy. But uh, we didn't get many responses for this, Kevin. You know, people, <laughs> it's this, it's maybe they already know the answer and they're like, yeah, it's obvious. You should know. This one was too obvious. <laughs> so X-Men Children of the Adam series said, because he's making out with his ex right in front of him. <laughs> Uh, and that's where I just filmed my Cyclops teaser trailer for. Nice. He's the one that's putting that video together, and he actually hired uh, somebody who does videography to film me running around in the park and then shooting an optic blast, and it was amazing. So Ooh, that should be coming I out soon. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> cool. So thank you for uh, taking part in our poll. And I promise next or this week will be a little easier. It's a vote again, so you don't have to write anything. You just click your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Well, I'll I'll go. This is Chandler, and what and I mean, my thoughts, of course, is that Banshee was getting into Moira's pants, and mm-hmm. Xavier did not like that. Yeah, he Just, saw Banshee, and he's like, "Oh my god, he he can walk, and he has hair, and he can fly, and he can fly. I can't compete." <laughs> Good. So we were exactly what we said on that episode. That didn't come yeah, out yet, pretty but much. We did, you know. You know. <laughs> But I like that Chris really hit Professor X in the balls and did the whole, like, you can walk and you have hair. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I got to say, though, I think Professor X is a hottie because there was this one issue where he was in basketball gear and, you know, he's a stud. Yes, he was walking at the time in his clone body. But yes. Yeah, I guess so. If you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) <laughs> I thought he was, I thought he was super sexy in Pride of the X-Men, if I remember correctly. Mm. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got it the was his voice. Vibe. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot librarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Math teacher sexiness. Mm-hmm. All right. Cry of the Banshee aired September 7th, 94. So this was our third night in a row of Phoenix, written by Michael Edens and Larry Houston. So, uh... We like to ask our guests, what got you into X-Men? This show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) X-Men, the animated series, by far. Mm -hmm. It was the thing that I had to wake up every single Saturday morning and see. Mm -hmm. The thing that I look forward to the most. Yeah, same. I mean, I would say that I was exposed to the comics before the animated series, but it was like, you know, comic collecting when you are a young, you know, preteen is not like you are as an adult. So it's like you get what you can take. It's like, is somebody going to give you a comic? Do you have a dollar to spend on the spinner rack? Which one are you going to get? So I had like read an X-Men comic or two, but it was the animated series that really like solidified. And then, of course, the toy line, which then introduced me to the cards. Oh, the cards. <laughs> oh, the cards. I Binders full. I have some of those cards, too. Those. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, those were fun. Did you get Here them recently comes. or did you save them no, in I, childhood like we did? I had I got them not in childhood, but not recently either. I had them like in college. Mm. Because they were given you have, to me. You have a Cyclops. I have Cyclops. I have lots of other ones. But yeah, I do have I definitely have a Cyclops for sure. Do the two of you have your favorite X-Men character? Oh boy. I this changes for me all the time, but <laughs> number one would have to be Emma Frost. Emma. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's such a badass. I love the fact that she, her power is not only that she's one of the most powerful mutants of all time with her psychic ability and the ability to turn into diamond form, but, you know, she is so confident in her sexuality and she exudes it. And that's her power, too. And I've always been, uh, I just always have been entertained by her snappy one liners. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> What yeah. about you, Chandler? Well, I mean, mine continues to be Kitty Pride. It is a it is a spot that has switched. It was Jubilee for a long time. Uh, it has been Nightcrawler at times, but yeah, currently Kitty Pride holds the spot because she's just incredible. Or Kate, Kate Pride. Well, yes, yeah, all all versions now. of her: Ariel, Sprite, I will <laughs> Shadowcat. 
Although, you know what? I got to say, Kate and Kitty, you know, it's the same person, but really they're two different type of characters. Very. So do you like Kitty or Kate better? Um, well, I'm more, I'm more familiar with Kitty, so it's hard to like Kate more because I have much more history with Kitty. Mm. So I like Kitty better just because I think she's just adorable and, and amazing. And even when she was Kitty, she was a deadly ninja assassin genius superhero. Yes, this is yeah. canon. <laughs> this is in the books. No, it's true. Ninja assassin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are some good comics. Yeah. She's one of my top two, actually, as well. You know, not... I mean, Cyclops is still my favorite, obviously, but but Kitty is definitely up there. (laughs) I I have a follow-up question for you two on this. Um, So on our show, we recap vintage issues of the X-Men, and we go cover to cover, and we do the ads and everything. What is your favorite X-Men comic book issue? (laughs) So You go first. (laughs) I have a soft spot because when I was young, I think this was before the show came out, I went with my uncle and some of his friends to a comic book store, and one of them said, choose a comic book. And I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it has a rogue, long shot, Psylocke, oh, and Dazzler on the cover, and Rogue is in her, like, green and black outfit, and Psylocke is still wearing her, like, poofy like lavender outfit so that one sticks out just because it's like the first x-men comic i got and in that one they're the four of them are on like a little road trip and they're fighting juggernaut through this little town so it sticks out (laughs) yeah that i want to say is uncanny x-men 218 i'm gonna look it up right now how do you it's a car adams it's incredible It's, it's like being like charmed. Having a charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see um, if I'm right. Yes, I'm right. It wow. was 218. I, hold wow. on. Hold goodness gracious. Right goodness this gracious. Cover. Yep, that's it. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Did, did oh my we goodness. cover that one? No, we haven't done this one okay. yet. We'll put that on the <laughs> Um Well, see, I haven't read as many comic books. Uh, probably the first, I'm going to say probably the first X-Men comic book I ever read, which was in college. Because uh, <laughs> uh, mostly I just watched the shows. Uh, it was Astonishing X-Men, the first. I've got mm. the volume. So good. And so yeah, good. I love them. Yeah. I have a poster of Astonishing X-Men over there, actually. I think it was for the – yeah. Good. It's what made me really like Kitty. Like I remember I didn't quite know Kitty as well. And then when she came in yeah. with Astonishing X-Men, I was like, oh, she's great. I only knew her as like a side character because she wasn't part of the whole 90s crew. Yeah. And so, yeah, Astonishing X-Men really solidified me lo- loving Kitty and then going back and doing Claremont stuff is like where I was like, oh, she's the best. Are we talking about good- like Josh Whedon? The Josh mm-hmm. Whedon one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. We've some good Emma action in there too, you know. Oh, so. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, that's what made me realize how much I loved Emma, seeing her written by Josh yeah. Whedon. She was so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I highly recommend. I think they still sell it on iTunes, but you can buy the motion comic of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've yeah. seen that too. Yeah. 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 I've seen it as well, and it, yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it me? Am I the drama? It's you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scene one at Muir Island. Moira tells Banji, "It's not weird. Her ex is here because he needs her." 
Sean and Moira kiss while completely oblivious to the light show going on behind them. I thought this was funny. They're like, ignore the flashes behind us and just kiss me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Xavier yells and Moira tells Sean to stay while she checks on Xavier. Now, let me tell you something about this, okay? <laughs> With X-Men the Animated Series, a lot of us, when we talk about it, we refer to it as a, our childhood soap opera. Now, this scene is the epitome of soap <laughs> opera material, yes. let me tell you. It is. <laughs> you know, the That's loving, true. kissing, the making out. I felt like I was watching General Hospital Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the drama in the background. It's all about our scene here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the ex just in the other room. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is you now, Chris. Oh, okay. So meanwhile, in the facility, guess who comes in? Juggernaut. And he whoops ass on Xavier, a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Xavier <laughs> tells Alondra to shoot off Juggy's helmet because you know what happens when the helmet's off? Then he can get into his mind. Mm-hmm. So now susceptible to the psychic attack, Xavier forces Juggernaut to feel all the pain he has inflicted on others. Oh, and that is a lot of pain. He's a heavy hitter. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, Xavier is shot in the back by Juggy Jug's BFF, Black Tom (laughs) Cassidy. Suddenly, Xavier is shot in the back by Juggernaut and his his BFF, Black Tom Cassidy. Black Tom orders Juggernaut to grab Alondra, but Juggernaut takes a quick moment to throw Xavier out the window into the fathoms below. Yeah. Fathoms below. Yeah. I knew it. I knew there was going to be a little mermaid moment there. <laughs> but, you, know, you know how much I love my Disney. <laughs> I <know. laughs> but I, when he yeet it, uh, Xavier out the window, just like nothing, <laughs> like a Kleenex. Yes, he just flung around and said, "Bye." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's like your brother." It was no, there was yeah. no like waiting around. There was no hanging him out the window mm. and saying, "This is my moment." He was just like, "Eat, no. <laughs> dear stepbrother," and then I yeah. know. He's said Honey Bunch, too. I thought it was funny. Honey Bunch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we here at Solving for X are big fans of Juggernaut's voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, he's so hammy. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I just love how he's just, like, invincible. So he's just like, whatever. You can't even touch me, man. Yeah. And yeah. Reading the comics now and, and, you know, seeing all the gems from the Juggernaut storylines, like, really makes me appreciate the animated series even more. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, did you guys know that Juggernaut is a huge fan of Dazzler? Oh. Oh, yes. If you're a Juggernaut fan, I recommend issue number... 217. Oh, look right, right before your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Because the reason why they have that, that Juggernaut adventure is because they he kills Dazzler, quote-unquote, and then the team goes and gets revenge on Juggernaut. Mm. <laughs> I do remember a random Juggernaut moment of him sleeping with She-Hulk. Yes. That that is that is canon as well. She gets around. She does get around. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. maybe maybe we'll see Juggernaut on She Hulk, and that's where the X Men are introduced. (laughs) Oh my god! Like I kind of like you know when people ask you like, oh, which Marvel superhero would you be? 
I'm now going to say She-Hulk because she okay. gets it all. That's she true. Yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love her job and I, lo- I love that she she gets to hook up with all the hot men of the Marvel Universe. But I will yeah. say that in the show, I love Lalandra in this episode. Actually, Lalandra overall, I really love. And uh, I just love how badass she is because, yes. you know, she's an empress or whatever, but she shows up in her like battle bikini and her yes. laser guns. And she's like going after Juggernaut, like, you know, without any fear. She is so amazing. I love Lalandra. <laughs> oh, yeah. by the way, I have to give a shout out to this amazing cosplayer. So if you're listening to this and you have Instagram in your hand, look up Judy Deathstrike. Am mm-hmm. I getting that right? Yeah. Oh my God, she's the best Lalandra cosplayer on the planet. And she oh, I saw her. Yeah, you're right. I did see her. Year. Yeah, so good. Oh, so good. So, audience, I recommend you following Judy Deathstrike. <laughs> nice. All right. As Xavier falls, Banshee uses his silly screaming power to fly down <laughs> and save him. Now, back in the facility, Xavier tells Banshee and Moira the events that have been taking place. Moira talks about Charles in front of him to Banshee and treats Charles like an idiot. <laughs> Charles insists Lalandra must be real because he loves her. Pretty good reasoning. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I love her. So yeah, this... to me, to me, the, this makes me question, because now that we've seen where Moira goes in the comics, I know somebody else takes this role in House of 92, but I'm like, was she doing this on purpose to make him feel crazy? Uh, no, I don't think it's on purpose because that's why he came there because his subconscious was Mm -hmm. like, you know, running amok and he couldn't trust himself. So she's all like, um, this is exactly the kind of stuff you're here for. So Xavier, you're crazy. Sit down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I will say that, or he's, oh, cut that. He's already sitting. I'm horrible. (laughs) (laughs) you can't tell people I'm sorry. To I'm sorry. <laughs> uh i i i just want to say that like when i saw banshee in this episode i was so excited because like you know season one x-men the animated series you're getting the x-men you're you're reading the comics you're collecting the cards and the action figures and so i knew about banshee before he appeared in the show and so when he just shows up in that episode like you know, you're super excited to see him because I was like, oh, my God, this is a character I know. And they're bringing him into the show. This is so exciting. And when he uses his power to fly down and, and get Xavier, I just I remember feeling such thrill. I was just like, this is amazing. They're bringing him in. And I, I just was really excited. <laughs> I, I didn't remember that he had so many abs. They all have so many. I know, but I, I rewatched <laughs> And that was like the first thing I noticed like on him. I'm like, that pack. is like... How many packs is that? Did he get that at Costco? I mean, like, that's a lot of packs. I mean, this show is notorious for, like, ab windows, boob windows, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, torn torso, you know, suits off the torso, so it's, like, just bare. It's it's great. It's a sexy what little kid show. What about when Laundra's, like, leg windows with the laces on the yeah. like, yeah. going up? You know, yeah, super. she has a boob window with a spider thing over it as well. So. I never got the spider. Why the yeah, spider? I was wondering that too because they they all have it. Like all the sure people, bird people eat spiders. I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of like a go. symbol to say "eat my boobs." Maybe. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> dirty show. Your face here. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Meanwhile, Gene Gene Gasms. Oh, no. <laughs> in bed as Scott looks after her. Then Phoenix emerges and announces that her and Gene are now one. Enter Storm, Rogue, Gambit, and Jubilee. Rogue is mad she wasn't piloting the shuttle. Enter Wolverine. He announces that Xavier feels an alien came from outer space but was then kidnapped. Storm reminds everyone that Moira said Xavier be Cray right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a rare moment, Cyclops agrees with Wolverine and says they should check out the check on the professor. Storm and Cyclops stay with Gene in case Corbeau and Beast call about the alien ship. The rest go to Muir Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The action. Yeah. This is one of the kind of rare moments where the comics and the story kind of lined up because Cyclops deliberately wouldn't go to um, Ireland and because he wanted to stay with Jeanine. <clears throat> but uh, there's a, like just to refresh myself on the comics versus the show, I went and reread a bunch of the comics around this time. It's, it's like Uncanny X-Men 101, 102, and 103 covered this episode. But uh, there's not a lot of crossover. But this is one of the moments, one of the story points. We wow. do get uh, Cassidy Keep, though. Yeah, of course. That's a familiar location. Yeah, absolutely. Locale. See, yeah. all these experts over here. I love it. When you saw Cassidy Keep, like, just to nail it home, they, they put a, a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so just so you know, know. yeah, it was like it looks like it just like you know, uh, uh almost like a picket sign, it but does, with yes. like Sharpie on it, yes, yeah, like, keep and then back, yeah, so you know, castle this way, yeah. <laughs> All right, scene five. By the way, Jeanegasm, that's the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, that's, and she, it's oh. weird because it's like she did the Jeanegasm and then she's like, ah, uh, Phoenix, ah, uh, like just like. <laughs> it was funny. Okay. Back at Muir Island, Black Tom eagerly awaits Eric with a K, the Reds' arrival. <laughs> they were commissioned by Eric to capture Lalandra. As payment, Eric shoots Black Tom. Juggy picks up Eric like a plaything. Eric activates the captured astronauts to attack Juggernaut. Feeling himself cornered, Eric reluctantly agrees to pay as promised. Okay, I'll pay. It was kind of getting kinky, though, because he's yeah. got that bondage outfit. What Juggernaut's is that like outfit? Holding. That's what I'm oh, saying. Gay hell dungeon. I yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, literally the whole scene, I was just like, oh my god, Kevin should totally cosplay as Eric that's, Red. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. But like the Eric from the, com- the comic, the comic version with the, the booty pants. shorts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, there's booty shorts in the comic? Yeah, there is. Yes. Oh, yeah, they, they made they made his legs in the show, like they covered his whole legs, but in the comic it's all short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is very go-go dancer. <laughs> and I made sure to teach Kevin why the K is important and not the C, because there's two Eric the Reds, yeah. as we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and one thing I don't think we've mentioned yet is uh does Eric the Red's voice sound familiar, Kevin? Oh god, I didn't even think about that. Uh Maybe if I listen to it next time, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, then Chandler and Chris, do you know? Mm-mm. Oh gosh, I'm just, I can I can 
think of his voice, but I can't think of where else it goes. Oh, tell he me. He is actually voiced by Lawrence Bain, who does cable in the show. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they sound very similar now that you line those two up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was sitting watching it, and I'm like, that's cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, the blackbird rushes over rolling waters to Muir Island. Moira and Banshee await them on the landing strip. Moira tisks them (laughs) for coming. Feels their presence may incite Charles further. Wolverine threatens Banshee and then goes to check on Charles. Yeah, like, I love this scene because Banshee is just, to Wolverine, is just like, somebody should teach you some manners. And Wolverine's all like, Plenty of people have tried. Yeah. And I love that. I think Jubilee or somebody was just like, oh shit, you should yeah. not have said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. Good, good drama. <laughs> At Cassidy Keep, Black Tom counts $10 million. $10 million. $10 million. <laughs> Now that the money is good, Juggernaut enters with Lalandra. Eric demands to know where the Emkron crystal is. Lalandra is too smart for him. She psychically reaches out to Charles and shows him the Cassidy Keep arms on the wall. Yes, and the the arms is actually, I believe, a stag fighting a dragon mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, stag fighting a dragon. Yeah, it was in this scene that. Black Tom made like the worst dad joke ever. Where he's like, that money has a round sound of all those zeros. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I didn't notice that. was bad. <laughs> you know what? I think we need to adjust this price for inflation. Like, yeah. what would the $10 million be today? Like, mm. what would they be paid to kidnap Lalandra mm. in 2022? <laughs> Maybe one million dollars. <laughs> I don't know. A billion. I don't know. Yeah. Bill, that's a, a lot. A billion? That's a lot. I would 500 say million $500 million. Yes. $500 million okay, to kidnap a space princess. Yeah. <laughs> and that's on the low end. That's Yeah, that is on the low end, but that's still so, that's all like heavy amounts it's of like cash. A, oh, come on. I it's guess an intergalactic chase channel. Yeah, Juggernaut could carry the money. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and wait a minute like did they specify like american cash well i guess he looked at it but i why would he want american cash in ireland I don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't use the u.s dollar in ireland and you know why isn't he paying them in like other forms of currency like what do they use it's space currency yeah what's the yeah. space currency well no because eric says it's worthless to him and so he's like take your useless money he's like oh, this right. literally has <laughs> no use to me i just went and took it out of a bank so he yeah he just went and stole it and just handed it over yeah this is like nothing much paper paper. yeah here you go take it (laughs) okay scene eight back at the muir institute the x-men moira and banshee look in on charles he gets lalandra's message just as wolverine picks up on juggernaut's scent proving xavier isn't cray (laughs) charles cries out as lalandra is shot he announces that he sees a stag and a dragon. Banshee is taken aback. <laughs> That's his family crest. 
What? No. <laughs> so yes, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there. That that about sums it up. I don't know if there was much more going on except that Wolverine is just like juggernaut. I can't anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and Moira's re- recollection, or when she realizes it, when she's just like, ah, "I was wrong. Charles wasn't crazy." Wait, is this is a is this a moment where they sniff out? Oh, yes. Wolverine sniffs out. Yeah, Wolverine. Sniffs yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all like, "I smell somebody, and I smell two people I haven't That's smelled right. before." Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> one ain't even human. Yeah, and it's just like, "Wow, Wolverine, you go around smelling everybody and banking it." Banking that smell in the archive of your brain, <laughs> yeah. like that's wow. like a lot of smells. Mm-hmm. Hound dog realness, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it now? It's, it's you, you darling. It's me. It's C nine. Yes. Okay. Back at the keep. Eric is upset that Lalandra most likely was able to mentally reach out to Xavier. How rude. <laughs> Juggy is proud that he killed Xavier, so no one is contacting no one. No one is contacting no one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. It just sounds like how Juggernaut would say something, so I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Banshee screams annoyingly (laughs) as him and Rogue carry the X-Men to Cassidy Keep. Wolverine covers it. Wait, how far away is Cassidy Keep? From Muir Island? Yeah. I don't think it's very far. Muir Island is part of Ireland, so. Oh my gosh, I would just throw them there. I'm like, you're too heavy. Okay, so anyway. Wolverine covers his ears and they land at Cassidy Keep. The X-Men are ambushed by the zombie astronauts and Banshee easily dispatches them. Ah! <laughs> and then they, you know, they get poofed. You know, not poofed. That's not the right adjective. They get zapped. They get knocked out. There we yeah. go. There we go. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys think of Banshee screaming this? I had notes about this. Um, I was not, it it took me off guard because this is not the scream I was expecting to hear. (laughs) I was expecting like some really high pitched, like psionic screams, but this was like drunk baby superpower shriek. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) I like how it's he says, yo. He goes, yo, 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 ho. Oh my gosh, this this totally reminds me of that viral YouTube video that was out Mm -hmm. where it was like Banshee's screaming, but it was to a song. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Chandler. Well, it's called it's called Club Banshee, and you can look it up on YouTube. And yeah, it's like a club bop with someone screaming, like a hair hair band person screaming. Yeah. And they line it up perfectly with Banshee screaming. It's mm-hmm. it's a good YouTube video. It's a jam. I, I recommend it if you want to chuckle. Better than the screaming goat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Thank you.
And in this scene, I loved Wolverine's remark, with a mouth like yours, we should have just tried to sneak in here with the marching band. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, I was expecting that to go a lot dirtier than what it ended up being. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what kind of show do you think this is? Well, you never know. Sometimes they say things. <laughs> like penetrate the, the right. recesses of his brain, you know, like, uh. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what kind of show this is with all these kinky outfits we get to see. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, within the keep, the room shudders as Banshee screams, waking Lalandra up. Ah! <laughs> Black Tom announces that his brother is here. Enter the X-Men, ready to fight. And fight they do. During the battle, Wolverine is able to reach Lalandra. He's about to free her, but Black Tom attacks. Since they're related, Black Tom and Banshee's powers don't work on each other, so they fist fight instead. Something that really took me aback was the fact that Black Tom was all like, you know, something, something, older brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm all like, older brother? Excuse me, Black Tom, <laughs> yes. you look like the older brother. Yeah, he looks right. like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and it's funny because for some reason I remembered Black Tom was Banshee's uncle, but in the comics, he's actually his cousin. So they're yes. not yes. brothers, they're cousins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the show, they're brothers, but yeah, they're cousins in the in the comic. And yeah, they do this also in the comic in 102. They, they, they you know, realize that their powers don't work on each other, so they fist fight. Nice. I'm getting flashbacks to Sailor Moon and cousins and animation being switched. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. oh no yes so are black tom and and um banshee actually in a relationship in a different country oh, oh wow <laughs> the version yeah. Yeah. maybe yes got watered down in to cousins some, in some societies, <laughs> <Clevers>. some societies. <laughs> the weirdest thing to me about that was when you're talking about uranus and neptune when they're cousins but they do this whole like little hand play with each other i'm like yeah totally that. that was very romantic <laughs> now, now i gotta rewatch x men the animated series specifically to keep my eyes peeled for this hand holding by Banshee and <laughs> we'll find it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I just I will say that the battle, the 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 choreography of the battle is so awesome. Oh yeah! It's like I remember being just like completely overwhelmed by how like badass the fight was because I feel like they must have like upped the budget and like really went for it. Oh yeah! There's this. My favorite was this little. Uh, interchange between juggernaut and jubilee because jubilee's like yeah i got my firework power and she turns around she sees the juggernaut he's huge and she's like "Uh uh-oh yeah i know she like shoots to blind him and then he grabs her by the coat but then rogue says you know whatever let go of her fat boy yeah Yeah. (laughs) they go crashing through like three different walls yes yeah that was so cool to watch yeah her slam juggernaut through so many walls that castle i don't know how it was standing at the end they really tore through it Mm -hmm. yeah that's (laughs) something i feel like the live action movies didn't do as well like a lot of people just stood around or just floated awkwardly rather than everybody fighting the show gets it right yeah 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 Mm -hmm. because you would like look at something and you would see characters almost go in and out of the frame so you knew Mm -hmm. there's all this action going on even though it wasn't cutting to everybody uh, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember Larry Houston talking specifically about this fight scene on his Twitter and how, I don't know where he pulled the reference from, but that he like really storyboarded the hell out of this fight so that 
the animators could do it really well. Yeah, I definitely nice. needed it. So many intricacies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I notice about X Men too is like you know they're always getting thrown into each other. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of that in this. It's, well, it's because it's harmless ways to hurt each other. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. less punching and shooting and cutting if you just throw a body at another body. <laughs> you know? Who? Our bodies were touching. Twelve? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Jubilee leaves the battle to check on a downed rogue. Juggernaut is just waking up after Rogue's attack on him and is about to smash her with a rock. <laughs> Jubilee tickles Juggernaut with her pew-pews long enough to get her and Jubilee to safety. Tired of the battle, Eric demands they get Lalandra to his ship. Eric throws an ice bomb and bounces. I was like, what is this hobgoblin carbonite thing going on? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, that, that, like you said, that dynamic. battle was so good. And then you think that they're winning, but then, yeah, he throws that ice bomb down. Yeah. And it's like encases Wolverine and carbonite practically. Yeah. Well, everybody everybody <laughs> yeah. gets iced down and you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> I thought they were winning, you know, like yeah. I, I just remember watching this as a kid and just watching the, the, whatever, the favor turn on each, on each person. Mm -hmm. Well, so, and how much yeah. of a badass is Wolverine that he basically just goes with his head and he breaks <laughs> through it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And like, yeah. yeah, because he, he, he says, oh, we can't let him get to this ship. And he busts himself out of the ice. And if you guys watch it on Disney Plus, you will see in that precise moment, if you pause, 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 pause through the frames, they left uh, a frame that wasn't supposed to be in there. What was and it? there's a big yellow thing that pops up in that moment as he's busting out of it saying, delete this frame or something like that. It's just interesting <laughs> that it lives on, on uh, Disney Plus and they never took out the frame. How funny. That's wow. Funny. I'm going to have to look yeah. for that. Well, I mean, if you watch it, you, you can see it. I mean, I have the episode pulled up, but we can, we can I'll show Chris later. But yeah, you can, <laughs> you can definitely see this yellow flash happen while he's doing that. And I, and I remember seeing that when I was rewatching it. I was like, what is that? Why did the whole screen get yellow? And so, yeah, if you go in and pause your way through, you can see it. Hmm. I'm going to look for that. Okay. Rogue burst up through the roof to halt Juggy from getting Lalandra to the ship. A mysterious set of red gloved hands flies towards Earth. Ooh, and this is this like, you know, the spooky part because mm -hmm. the drama is going down on this mm -hmm. castle and you think like can't get any bigger than this. But something bigger <laughs> is on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, a new fight is about to begin when Gladiator shows up. He is a leader of the Emperor's what is this word? Praetorian Guard? Mm -hmm. You got it. Did I get it right? Okay, great. He tells Eric and Deacon. Deacon. Send him Goodbye, Chris. Get out of here. Well, he's not happy with them. So Juggy threatens Gladiator. So Gladiator easily tosses him away. The X-Men try to fight Gladiator, but he blows through them. Gladiator demands the Emkron crystal. Yeah, now talk about building and building and building. Like, again, you know, you get this awesome fight scene. You think they won. They get mm -hmm. frozen. You're like, oh, no. And then they burst out. You're like, oh, yeah, they're good. And, like, they all run up the stairs. And, like, Wolverine's like, let Lalandra go. 
and you're like, yeah, the X-Men, they're, they're going to take him. They're going to get Lalandra. And then this character shows up and you're just like, oh, shit. I was, as a kid, I was terrified. I was like, oh I was just God. like, whoa, this, this, this guy is going to just cream everybody. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Lenore Zan, who voices Rogue, because she delivers this line when Wolverine busts himself out of the ice and he says, we can't let him get to the ship. She busts out, of course, because she's super strong. She's, she screams, they won't. And like, <laughs> even though it's the simplest line, but like she delivers it so emotionally, like she's like, I, I got to stop them. I was just like, go Lenore. Way to <laughs> nail that yeah. this whole moment. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned it. So this is Gladiator. So this is our cameo for this episode. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. His real name is Kellark, and he first showed up in the X-Men number 107 in October of 1977. Voiced by Chris Claremont. Or <laughs> voiced by, created by <laughs> well. Chris, Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah obviously yeah. the super the superman trope you know? yeah he's got all the superman powers captain well, planet with a mohawk <laughs> and he uh i remember also larry houston on his twitter you can go follow him on twitter it's uh at x-men director but uh he talks about this moment of his fists flying forward where you only see his fists and then these kind of like fade in fade out as he gets closer and closer i think he says he took that from a superman movie actually Mm. Mm. it's a really cool scene it really builds the drama of who's coming here who's coming to earth and what are they gonna do yeah and that music (laughs) dun yeah (laughs) (laughs) the whole like the whole the whole music in this series Oh, and like we totally forgot to mention that when they're busting out of the ice, they they throw in the main theme. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know it's just oh, yeah. like, and that's when your like emotions are on high yeah. level because you're just like, oh, something's going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah, no, like when Gladiator shows up, it's very much like a Wagner opera kind of situation. It's just mm. like, oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna throw down. Yep, it's going down. <laughs> Xavier reaches out to his X-Men to save Lalandra. Jean hears the message and lets loose the Phoenix. She takes a quick trip through space to come to Cassidy Keep. Gladiator tries in vain to fight Phoenix, but he's no match for her. She sends him back into space, basically just with a gesture. She just kind of like tosses him like a tissue. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And again, like they raise the stakes again. Yes. Like not only are they like X-Men doing good, then like, oh, how are they gonna be juggernaut? And then Gladiator comes in. How the how are they gonna, how be, they gladiator? gonna be gladiator? And then Nick <laughs> comes in and she's just like, I'm like the whatever. Boss, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I do love how she like Jean sits up and she's like, Lalandra, and Cyclops is like, who the fuck is Lalandra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must go. I must go. He's like, wait, <laughs> Phoenix must go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I I, it, I just love this episode. I know I've said it like five thousand times on this podcast episode, but I just I love this episode of the animated series. Oh, it's so juicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> juicy. Yes. Oh. Oh my god, we we totally like we went right we sped right over so when Gladiator throws Juggernaut like across the ocean. And <laughs> my favorite is Gambit is a character 
that will never shut up. Like he always <laughs> says the dumbest shit off his face. You know, like Rogue's always like, shut up. So he like <laughs> his ass all the time. But like when Gladiator shows up, he literally does not say a word except for when Jubilee's like, oh, I never thought anybody could do that to Juggernaut. He's like, nobody from Earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, shut the rest of the time because he's like, I don't want this Gladiator to yeah. look at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be in the bushes over here. <laughs> yeah, he's like literally like, peace out. You expect <laughs> Lalandra is excited at seeing the Phoenix, the guardian of the Mkron crystal. And then the music swells. Cause yes. like, anytime she's there, there's like this, like, you know, yeah. etheric, you know, mm-hmm. Phoenix music. And uh, yeah, Phoenix announces that Deken is here in space. We see Deken arrive. He senses the crystal is here on earth. And then he gives the, ah, <laughs> and I like how Gene just vaguely points. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> yeah, way over there. But whatever, I can see. <laughs> oh yes, but also I re- I realize in rewatching this is that the Phoenix sound effect of the bird screeching, like. I don't know if I think this introduced me to Phoenix. I don't think I knew anything about Phoenix until I watched the animated series. Then I went back and read it in the comics, but I never hear the bird noise whenever the Phoenix effect is going on on the pages. It's such an interesting choice to make it Mm -hmm. a bird rather than just like crackly energy or whatever. Well, the Phoenix is a a good point. It's not a bird. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's a manifestation of energy that looks like a bird, but it's just like it's oh, just come on. It's a bird. <laughs> it's a plane. <laughs> I, I, you guys, you have to help us solve this. This is a debate, okay? But Phoenix is a bird, right? I'm not talking about Phoenix Jean Grey. I'm just talking about the mythological creature of yes. a phoenix. Of course, the mythological creature of a phoenix is a bird. Yeah, but so? this is this is not the bird. This is a cosmic being of energy that is just using the shape of, of a bird. Okay. Yeah, I have to side with Chandler on this one. I'm sorry. What about you, I mean, Kevin? Bird I mean, or not bird? I mean, <laughs> the, the energy makes sense, but the bird, also, I mean, can the energy choose to make a bird sound? Of course it can, yes. Yeah. I just, so, I just like, you hear yeah, that yeah, sound yeah. When, when you see the phoenix in the comic book pages? Or do you just, like, I never hear it as a bird. I never thought yeah. about it, really. But, but I guess, I, I mean, I always hear the bird now because I think I, I would play X-Men Next Dimension. And then it would always make the sound when I'm doing my moves. <laughs> it's also very pterodactyl, but. <laughs> um, so I kind of like it. But I guess it, it, it. I could. I can hear some crackling. I want. I want. Bir- I want. I want it all. I want the bird sound. I want the crackling fire sounds. I want it all. I'm just greedy, I guess. <laughs> I think if I remember right, in the X Men anime, I think it's more of the crackling sound, less of the bird sound. I I think so. I I haven't yeah. watched anime in like years, but yeah. But I just like when I was hearing it, I was just like they use the effect a lot. Yeah. Why don't you try to mimic the effect? No, Chandler? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they must go on Disney Plus and hear it for themselves. Although I do, that's kind of kind of how I envisioned Banshee's scream to sound more like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, it also it's the sound of a hawk. That's yeah. what they it's the the hawk scream. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, right, what Chandler. an episode. I mean, yeah. 
So good. I love it. This whole Phoenix saga is so solid. It's so good. And I recently rewatched it because I had surgery earlier this year and you, I had to do this thing where I woke up super early and I had to kind of like drink this liquid before I went in and you had to like, I had to like wake up six hours before I had to go to the hospital. So I like had to th- all this time just to like sit around and not do anything. So I was like, I'm going to rewatch the Phoenix saga. And so I watched that recently <laughs> it's funny because i was just i was just telling sean about that because that's when i went to the manor with chris so i was like full circle, yes. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> oh right of course yeah yeah I yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah oh i'm sad to miss it you know so you were there i think we already know <laughs> i think we already know chandler's answer because you mentioned it five thousand and one <laughs> times now <laughs> is this episode extreme or x out <laughs> Well, my answer, yeah, extreme. So I'll, I'll let you guys go. <laughs> is it what? Extreme, extreme or, what? or X out? So do you love it? Do you hate it? Oh, gosh, it's extreme. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. It's like when you think back to uh, the Dark Phoenix Saga or the Phoenix Saga, this is one of those episodes that doesn't really register automatically because there's so many other iconic episodes surrounding it, and this is kind of just a transitional episode. But when you watch it by itself, you can just see uh, – um, all of the intense drama, the intense soap opera, the uh, the epic fight scene. So this episode to me is extreme. <laughs> me? I'm going to say extreme as well. And you're right. It is kind of like a transitional period because a, a lot of it, we're kind of like exactly where we started off in the last episode. I mean, we, can't, we didn't move much plot wise, but there's still a lot of action and a little micro drama that's happening which is cool um and that's where you know the humanity and the realness comes from so i liked it yeah yeah this one's extreme it's i think so far out of the three we've gone over this is the best of the phoenix episodes because there's so much action it's so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and the one before where xavier's going nuts is just so weird yeah so out of place (laughs) yeah all right and what would we say is the x factor for this episode you have to do MXP first. Oh, I always do that. All right, who's the <laughs> MXP? <laughs> oh, well, 100% Banshee. I mean, he's in the title of the episode. He's got to be the MXP. But honestly, if he weren't there to save Professor Xavier from getting yeeted out the window by Juggernaut, we wouldn't have any more Professor Xavier. So I say he's our MXP. Uh, I'm going with with Rogue for mine because I love it when she slams Juggernaut through all those walls and then when she bursts out of the eyes and goes through the ceiling to stop everybody and like I just thought I thought Rogue was so powerful in this in this episode. Uh, I'm gonna be a weird one because he didn't do much in this episode at all. <laughs> but I'm gonna say Cyclops because, because he was so reasonable listening to Wolverine and siding with him and being there for Jean at her bedside. What a good man. <laughs> kind of a reach, Kevin, just to favorite I know, your favorite. I know. I I mean, yeah, I just reach for this one. I agree, but still. Okay. <laughs> I actually I agree with Chris because Banshee's not my favorite character, but he's definitely a standout in this episode. Like he drives the action for a lot of it. <laughs> All right, so now what would you say is the X factor? Mm, there's so this, many. This is the hard one. This is the hard question. 
Well, remind I, me the X Factor. So, what was a standout moment? So, you mm, standout moment. Characters. Yeah. What was your standout? Because there's just stand-out like, like moment. I said, it builds it's and builds and so builds. Much. Yeah. But or I think when Gladiator like throws Juggernaut, that's definitely my favorite. I think that's mm-hmm. that was like the moment where you're just like, you never thought that could ever happen to Juggernaut. Like, never could somebody do that. And the Gladiator does it with ease. And I just remember my mind being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like mine is the what you said about Rogue Through the Walls. Because I remember that staying seared into my memory as being one of, like, the most exciting moments of mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Because it just upped the stakes in that moment. I'll probably come up with another X Factor moment, but you guys go with yours. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say where the Phoenix fights Gladiator because I think this is the episode where you actually kind of really get to see the Phoenix's power. I mean, because we kind of see her jump out of the water and stuff and faint, but then we actually get to see how strong she is in this moment, in this episode, especially, you know, knowing how strong Gladiator is and seeing how, you know, he doesn't hold the whatever candle to her. Um, yeah, a good X Factor moment for that. So my X Factor kind of changed during our discussion because of you two X reads gentlemen. Uh, for me, what this episode really does for me that gets right that the movies didn't is the soap opera and the relationships. So many people are like yeah. related or dating or intertwined somehow. And the movies just ignored all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, ha- I, I, th- I thought of another X Factor moment for me and the fact okay. that... Um, the psychic call-outs to oh, each yes. other is just so iconic. Like, yeah, you know, my ex and, yes, and the Laundra, <laughs> you know, being Ooh. able to, you know, call out to Xavier, then Xavier going like, oh, shit. Yes. And oh. then and then Gene going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. High stakes because, yeah, she's like, for the sake of the universe, no. <laughs> <laughs> It was very like uh, when the laundry called out to Xavier. It was so Princess Leia, like you mm-hmm. know, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're yes. my only hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for our previously on question this week, I was inspired by Rogue. She said it should have been me in that cockpit. So do you think it should have been Rogue or Phoenix, or Rogue or Jean who became the Phoenix? Damn, you know, you know, it's uh, it sounds like first of all, Rogue knows all about absorbing power. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, she yeah. she's <laughs> experienced. She's experienced. She definitely, you know, has had other psyches inside of her. You know, with Carol Danvers, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we would have had a whole different Phoenix saga if Rogue was the Phoenix host instead of Jean. And I think we would have been gone in, gone in, done it, get her done. None of this drama, <laughs> none of this gene gasm, <laughs> none, none of this like between Cyclops and every. I mean, I guess Gambit would have been the new Cyclops, but do you think that X Men would have uh, been more okay with trying to execute Rogue? If she were the Phoenix versus how they just kept saying, well, you know, it's Jean, you know, 
keep giving her chances and like, <laughs> put her kid gloves for her. Yeah, I mean, she's a former villain, obviously. Yeah, rogues that criminal. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. That's, that's With another thing. criminal, that thief. I mean, they really love her, so it's like, you know, yeah. I would have yeah. had the same. Yeah, but I think that they're more protective of Jean because she's more of a damsel in distress. The golden child. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a better yeah. way to yeah. Oh, well, yeah, she's the ingenue for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jean is the absolute girl next door. You know, you wouldn't want anything bad to happen to her. You're but... right. If Rogue had this Phoenix saga, it would have been two episodes and a half. Because <laughs> like, you would have got it done. It just would have been like, cool, new power on it. I got to do this. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, everybody can stay home because I got, I got this taken care of. Been here, done this. But yeah. also the whole thing about Jean is that her body with the Phoenix force kept exhausting itself. And Rogue is much stronger with, um, you know, the Ms. Marvel powers inside of her so yeah she she obviously could have withstood the phoenix force in her body and she could have maintained the powers of it much easier and probably not get super corrupted actually you know what she would have gone super dark phoenix because the whole thing is her not being able to touch people you just changed this whole direction here (laughs) super dark phoenix super dark phoenix because her whole thing about like not being able to touch people, I feel like that emotional vulnerability of her could have been played out really tough. And like, if she got to experience the sensations of touch with the Phoenix force controlling her touch powers Mm -hmm. that, you know, they, that the whole thing about Phoenix becoming dark Phoenix is because it, it, it kind of relishes in the bodily joys of, of being in Jean's body. And then with, with Rogue, it's like if, if Rogue can start touching people, it would be her personal emotions relishing that with the Phoenix Force in addition. And I think it would have been... Oh my God, It would have been nuts. so uh, hard to beat her as Dark Phoenix. Oh, wow. Super <laughs> Dark Phoenix. True. Wow. That, could, that <laughs> went much deeper than I thought. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't think I have anything more to say. So... <laughs> 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 yeah as much as i love rogue i think it needed to be gene because you're right she's like the weaker character that's kind of why chris claremont wrote this for her because we needed to up her her game and her power level and rogue mm-hmm. is always just broken as it is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's interesting it's a little crowded. The dynamic of changing the characters, you know, from the original story to the animated series, because, you know, they had to make liberties, take liberties of, you know, because Rogue was not a part of the Phoenix saga. She wasn't even Mm -hmm. created at that point. So it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. how the animated series, you know, was able to incorporate work work with the cast that they had into the Mm storyline. But they did a great job. They, They adapted it so well. Every, everybody agrees, obviously. I mean, if you read yeah. any article that says of all the Dark Phoenix iterations, this yeah. is the one that, that stands up. I kind of yeah. prefer it more than the comic book Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, well, I think it's just because this was our first <laughs> You think that's why? So it's like we're emotionally connected to this. Yeah. So nostalgia. Yeah. But oh, yeah. like rereading it, I don't know if you guys have, if you've ever gone back to reread the Phoenix saga from an uncanny x-men but like it's emotional like you know it's emotional to read mm-hmm. but it's much. way more drawn out there's so much sure. that happens oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey do you guys remember phoenix five yeah, yeah. 
happened in the yeah. comments. Yeah. Oh gosh, and and hot Namor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I yeah. had to do a super tangent because when you said Phoenix Five, in my head, it made me think of the Spice Girls Fox Force Five. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, in my, I don't know why, I immediately jumped to that, but I don't know if you guys remember in Spice World, the Spice Girls all get these like Mission Impossible personalities in this movie called Fox Force Five. <laughs> And just like hearing Phoenix Five <laughs> made me like my brain jump to that. Anyways, because I've never read the Phoenix Five comics. Okay, you know what? We need a we need a band in real life to dress up like the Phoenix Five and do Spice Girls songs. Yeah. Universe, we're putting it out there. Yes, I get magic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, this was so fun to talk about with uh, another set of X fans. Where can people find you if they want more exciting news? <laughs> well, if you want to follow us on social media, you can type in the handle X Reads Podcast. That's the letter X R E A D S Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to our podcast. It's called X Reads and X Men Experience on any podcast platform that you listen to. Your podcast yeah. platform of choice. Mm hmm. <laughs> With ad alerts. alerts. If you guys like X from the animated series, obviously, if you're listening to Solving for X, you can go back into our archives. We've had a number of the voice actors on our show. So we recently had Chris Britton, the voice of Mr. Sinister. Uh, We've also had Lenore Zan, the voice of Rogue. And we've had Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine. And the, oh, and yeah, and he voiced, he did the line from the comic that everybody thinks he did in the animated series, but he never did. Yes. But he read it for us. Yes, it's the, um, I'm the best. That's at what, I'm best there is at what I do, and what I do is very, very nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to that episode. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and also Eric and Julia Lee Wald. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're big fans of X-Men the Animated Series, so it's, <laughs> it's really a joy to recap an episode with you guys because, yes. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys asked us to join in on this because anytime I can go back and geek out about this cartoon, that makes me so nostalgic. I, I just <laughs> so much joy and happiness. And, you know, now uh, I'm going to be binging your podcast well, thank you. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin, where can the people find you? Because they obviously don't know right now because they haven't been listening to every single episode. I know. I mean, crazy. <laughs> well, uh, you can follow my personal page on Instagram, KGZ87, with all the cosplays and modeling and random everyday stuff. Uh, or you can listen to my other podcast, Words of the Witches, where I'm going over the Charmed books. Uh, the Charmed comic books are underway that's starting up soon now which is fun uh yeah so that's all i got (laughs) and you can find me on marvelous galaxy of disney last week kevin came on and saved me there wasn't going to be a show without him (laughs) or you can find me on once upon a cult where this week we're talking about hugh hefner and just how cult-like he was with his playboy (laughs) girls yeah thank you for listening and we will see you next week See you next week. I want to say see you next Tuesday, but it's Friday. We don't do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah.